This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. I want to welcome everybody to service this morning. I want to welcome all our online audience. Thank you so much for joining us. We trust that you'll be tremendously blessed in the service today. Um, I want to appreciate our pastors, Pastor Shala and Pastor Abigail Oshimakinde, for the opportunity to minister God's word to you. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Joshua? Okay, it's not because my name is Joshua that we're reading Joshua. <laughs> it's a very good coincidence, isn't it? Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. This morning, I want to talk to us very briefly on what I have titled Divine Intelligence. Divine Intelligence. Joshua chapter 6, from verses 1 to 5. The Bible says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of Velo. You shall march around the city, all you, your men, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. Verse 4, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. Verse 5, it shall come to pass when they make a long blast the rams with the rams on, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Verse 20, verse 20 says, of course, they had done everything that God commanded. So verse 20, we're seeing the results. Verse 20 says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Somebody said they took the city. Praise the Lord. All right, I said I was going to be talking to us about divine intelligence. When we talk about or we say something is divine, we understand that that thing has a source in God. And when we talk about intelligence, well, I had to check the dictionary to see what the dictionary will say about intelligence so that we're not assuming. The dictionary says, one, that intelligence is the ability to learn, understand, and think about things. B, the dictionary says intelligence is information about the secret activities of a foreign government. For example, the military plan of an enemy. I think that definition is very, very interesting. So you hear a lot about people gathering intelligence for, for, for different countries, okay? And you know, the Bible says in Colossians 1.12, you know, so that giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance um, in the light. And it says in verse 13 that who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us. The version says he has moved us to the kingdom of his dear son. 
the fact that you are a believer, the fact that you are a Christian, the fact that you profess Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior means that the enemy does not like you. Because the enemy understands that you are a threat to his kingdom. So part of what we are talking about when we say divine intelligence is how to outwit the enemy. You know, some months back, Pastor Lassai talking about spiritual warfare. This is a very critical part of spiritual warfare. However, fantastic definitions you find in the dictionary, but I have defined intelligence in a different way. I define intelligence as information about the facts and truths of life. That's how I have chosen to define intelligence. And the reason for that is because I understand that we have natural intelligence, which is everything the dictionary would de definitely talk about. But we also have something called divine intelligence. Intelligence, information that only can have its source in God. Praise the Lord. And that is the type of intelligence we're talking about this morning. So we can say that divine intelligence is talking about the knowledge or the revelation of God's plan. Knowing what God wants you to do part time. That's what we're talking about when we say divine intelligence. Knowing specifically what step to take at every point in time. It's interesting that when God placed this in my heart, I didn't know Pastor was going to share about some of the things he did in the first service. So if you were not in the first service, please get the message or download it online because it's very, very relevant to what we're talking about this morning. So we go back to Joshua chapter 6 and we read God giving his children a strategy for taking a whole city. Now, you would naturally have expected God to say, you know what, you want to take Jericho, get to the gate, begin to throw bombs. When you throw the first one, if it doesn't go through, tell your men to, you know, get out their swords, bring out their arrows and bows, and go and fight the enemy. You'd have expected that to, because it would make a lot of logical sense. But God's strategy was diametrically opposed to their strategy. God said, you want to take Jericho? I'm going to tell you how to do it. March around the city six times. <laughs> Get men praising God. Then God says, you know what? On the seventh day, after you've gone around the city and done everything I've said, he said, they will blow the trumpet and you should shout. You see, if they went around Jericho seven times, they did everything else God told them to do and they did not do the last one, which was the shouting, Jericho would not have come down. They had to obey the instruction to the T. And the Bible tells us that the wall fell down flat. Well, according to Bible history, we learned that actually what happened was that the wall sank. The wall did not fall. Why? Because if you read the Bible, the same Joshua chapter 6, you begin to get the idea that there were houses on the wall. The Bible also tells us that about six horsemen could walk side by side on the wall. That kind of wall, even if it falls, the people won't be able to climb. <laughs> but Bible history says that the wall sank. So they just went in. Because read the Bible, it says they went straight ahead and just got into the city. And they took the city. They took the city. Praise God. In the book of John chapter 2, we read a very interesting story that has a similar lesson to be learned. Now, the Bible tells us about Jesus. You know, he and his disciples, they had a crusade. And the crusade was very successful, obviously. But while they were having the crusade, the men of the city were hungry. 
And then Jesus looked at his disciples and said, let's get them food to eat. And the men looked at Jesus and said, get who? Because the Bible tells us there were at least 5,000 men besides women and children. So 5,000 men, then you include the women, then you include the children. So roughly we could say there were about between 15 to 20,000 people there a day. And Jesus said, feed them. And verses 5, can, can we open in there? John chapter 2. Sorry, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 6. John chapter 6, verse 6. The Bible says, maybe from verse 5 to give us context. The Bible says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that this may eat? Verse 6. But this he said to test him. For what? He himself knew what? What he would do. And you read the rest of the story. What they brought to Jesus, all that Jesus did to it, was to give thanks. That was the strategy for that hour. He gave thanks, and the Bible says it multiplied in the hands of the disciples. Because after he gave thanks, he told the disciples, he said, get the people to sit in 50s. And he said, as you share it, the food multiplied. In John chapter 2, we read something very similar too. The Bible tells us about Jesus going to a wedding, a wedding in Cana of Galilee. So Jesus was not against going to weddings. Amen. So Jesus went to this wedding, and... When he got to the wedding, the Bible says the wine finished. And then Jesus' mother came to meet him and said, and told the men around that, please, um, Jesus, can you, the wine has finished. <laughs> I'm sure Jesus was wondering, said, I do not sell wine. I do not brew wine. Why are you coming to me? And the mom looked at the men around him and said, you know what? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And the Bible explains that the men took, Jesus told them, said, you know what, fill the water pot with water. And he told them, take out of the water and go and give the bridegroom. That was some audacity. And the men just obeyed. And of course, the chairman of the bride, of the wedding, said, this wine is even sweeter than the wine that we had tasted before. You can see from everything that I have told you and all the stories I've spoken about, how God gives an instruction. And by obeying the instruction, we see results. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now you see, the Bible tells us very explicitly, and talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that when the spirit of truth is come, it will guide us into all truth. When the spirit of truth is come, he will guide us into all truth. Letting us know that when we got born again and we got the Holy Spirit on our inside, that we have an advantage, that we are not disadvantaged. You see, we must understand that the life that we live is not the life to be lived for ourselves and ourselves alone. There is a bigger plan. There is a bigger purpose for our lives. 
God has a specific plan. He has a specific purpose. He has a reason why he ensured that you were important to his kingdom enough for you to get saved. But however, to fulfill that plan, you must cooperate with God and cooperate very, very closely and actively with him. So one of the things God has done for us is to ensure that his spirit comes to live on our inside. And we see that one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit, aside from other responsibilities, is to guide and to lead us on a daily basis. Because you can have the grand plan, but there are always details, specific things to do per time to be able to experience that grand and big plan of God for your life. And to be able to know those things, you must be listening to God. Amen. 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 Now, the way the Bible puts it is this. The Bible says and calls it wisdom. 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 Now, divine intelligence is synonymous with wisdom. Divine intelligence is simply knowing exactly what God wants you to do per time and doing it. And the Bible relates that very closely with wisdom. Jesus said that whosoever hears the sayings of mine and does what? Do what it. If you hear and you do, then Jesus says, I will liken you unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. Brothers and sisters, the truth is the secret of success, the secret of success is hearing God and doing what God says to do. That is the greatest strategy for success. If we want to reproduce the kind of success that the world has never seen before, then we must fine-tune the art of hearing God and doing exactly what he wants us to do. Amen. Now, let's take a cue from the man who we would say was the wisest man in the Old Testament. The Bible says in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Talking about Solomon, isn't it? Solomon. The Bible says about Solomon from verse 3. That and Solomon did what? Loved the Lord. Can we open there? Okay, thank you. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. Verse 4. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer up upon that altar. Verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in the dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. This was a blank check. The first man God gave a blank check to. Verse 6. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my servant, great mercy, according to as he has walked before thee in truth and in righteousness. Verse 7, And in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept him from, thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne. Verse 7, And now, O Lord my God, now here Solomon speaking, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Verse 8, 9. Give therefore thy servant a what? A what? To judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? 
Now, there is a version of the Bible, and the Amplified specifically. It says, when it was talking about Solomon's prayer, that version says, Solomon said, give unto thy servant an understanding mind and a hearing heart. That's the way he says it. A hearing heart. A hearing heart. Because Solomon woke up from this dream, and the Bible explains to us, and Solomon went about his daily business. Nobody, I mean, God didn't appear to him. Nothing else happened to him. No physical manifestation. But the Bible explains to us that just after he left, two women came to him. One, both of them gave birth to sons, and one had slept on the son of the other, and in the night exchanged the children. And of course, um, <laughs> the one who had the dead child, and of course now had the living child, was claiming that the living child was her child. And they came before the king. And the Bible explains to us that David, Solomon looked at both of them, and when after they had said, there was no way of knowing who really had the child. It's God. Absolutely no way. There was no DNA, no um, PPP, nothing. There was no way. The Bible says that Solomon looked at them and said, you know what? Get me a sword. How did Solomon know that that was what he was supposed to do? How did he know? Because after he said, get me the sword, devour the child, the real mother said, ah, no, 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 leave the child. She can keep the child, but don't kill the child. And Solomon said, of a truth, that is the mother of the baby. But you know what the Bible says? After that episode, the Bible says, and the whole Israel heard the wisdom of Solomon. And they said, wow, we have a king that is wise. Describe what had happened as wisdom. But the big question is, how did Solomon know that that was what he was supposed to do in that circumstance. The question, are there times in your life when you felt like you were in a crossroad, you didn't know specifically what to do? And I've heard lots of Christians say that their biggest challenge is hearing God. That I don't know how to, some, some say they don't know how to hear God. Some say, you know, I have a problem with this thought that God is always speaking. The truth is, God is always speaking to us. It is our responsibility to align to hear what God is saying per time. And it is in doing what God is saying, then we experience the victory. You know, how do you know that the next thing you are to do in your business is to invest in a particular kind of product? Are you going to make that decision because your colleagues or other people are making the same decision? You know, there are people that have done the same thing and their business are finished from that day. There are people that, you know, they want to get married, and they say, well, looking at these two ladies, the fair one, then you write their names on pa in paper. <laughs> then you squeeze the two names. I say, anyone I pick is the one. <laughs> you might be picking the one that will send it to your grave early. <laughs> but how do you know? How do we know? Of course, God has to tell us. Amen. 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 So hearing God is one of the most important, I don't want to call it a skill because it's actually life, all right? Hearing God, one of the most important things that you must master as a believer. Hearing God, hearing God. You see, God does not have grandchildren. That it is the pastors that hear. Then the pastors will tell the children, you know, so the pastors are the children. They are the 
then the other members are the grandchildren. That is not God's modus of operating. God believes and wants to speak to you. God wants to direct you. And you see, sometimes it does not have to even do with a very big issue of life. It might be something as simple as the road to pass home. You know, some people have the wrong road and they've died. Just the road. That was everything. That was what killed them. They just used the wrong road. Every day they are coming back from work, this is the road they drive through every single day. But on this particular day where they were not supposed to take that road, and they took that road, and that was the end of their life. There are certain people that I mean, just very basic, very basic. I feel a prompting to go back home and go and check if the door was locked properly again. Say, no, 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 maybe it's just my mind. <laughs> and the person goes. And when the person comes back, the house has been cleared. The real owners of the properties, they've come to take it. <laughs> the house is wiped off. And how many times have you experienced something and what you say is, ah! And I knew, it was, I, I was feeling it all. How do we differentiate between when it is just a random thought and it is God speaking to us? I will explain that in just a moment. But I think what is very important here is to note that at every point in our life, we must depend on God. You know the way the, 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 the Solomon says it in the book of Proverbs chapter 3? Proverbs 3, 5. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord, what? Is it with some of your heart? I want to show you something. Now, can everybody see the word heart on the projector screen? Can you see the word heart? Okay, good. Can you take out the letter H from the word heart and take out the letter T? What do you have? Okay, take out the letter T and leave the word H-E-A-R. What do you hear? Okay. Trust in the Lord what? Because one of the most important ways to really know whether you trust God... <laughs> is how well you hear him and how well you act on what he tells you to do. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Because the Bible also tells us there is a way that what? Seemeth right to a man. Listen, you have never been wrong without thinking you were right. Except people that are personally deceiving themselves though. <laughs> Every time that you took a step and it ended up being wrong, you thought you were doing the right thing, isn't it? Absolutely. That's why you do it. He says, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse 6. In all thy ways, do what? And what would he do? He shall direct your path. So trust. God is about abandoning yourself in his hands. Trusting that he has good plans for you and that he is too organized to mismanage your life. Trusting God is believing that God has your best interest at heart that you can never love yourself more than he loves you. And it is only with that kind of mindset that you would be open to hear him and act on what he's saying to do. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Do you remember Joseph? The Bible tells us about Joseph. I mean, in the book of Genesis, talking about Joseph, he, I mean, the king dreamt. Pharaoh slept, ate pounded yam, and dreamt a fantastic dream. And Pharaoh woke up, and Pharaoh needed the interpretation of the dream. But there was only one man who could tell the king what the dream meant. The interpretation of the dream. And that was Joseph. And Joseph showed up on the scene. And after he had spoken to the Pharaoh and explained that, sir, this is what the dream would mean. Pharaoh now told him that, well, wow, what do we do? And he said, well, personally, I feel... Now, this, now you see, the, for the interpretation of the dream... Of course, God told him. But at that, after he interpreted the dream, that was his assignment. His assignment had ended. But the king now asked him a question. So what do we do? And Joseph looked at the Pharaoh and said, I think you should look for a wise man to prefer an answer. Began to give the king the solution to the king's problem. And he said, look for a wise man that will manage the affairs of the kingdom. So save seven years, and so that for the seven years that there will be famine, there will be no issues. And Pharaoh said, well, <laughs> what am I looking for the man for? You are the man. You are the, you've gotten the job. How many times have people gone for interviews and they asked you a question? Are you misfired? <laughs> How do you know what to say? I remember one interview I went for many years ago. I got there, I sat down, and when I sat down, the lady who was going to interview me looked at me and said, tell us about yourself. And of course, I'd practiced and I'd done all of that. But as I was, a big, big, as I was about to start to talk, I had it very strongly on my inside. Talk about your secondary school. Normally, I would not have. Then I said, okay, but I've learned to obey. So I started. I said, well, I went to my secondary school in FGC, Kaduna, and the lady said, wait, 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 wait. You went to where? I said, FGC Kaduna. She said, really? Eh, what set? I told her. She said, eh. She said, my brother finished from FGC Kaduna too. I said, oh, really? She said, and he was your set. I said, oh, really? I said, what's his name? So I said, ah, we were in the same class. She said, ah, wow. Interview had finished. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Interview finished. And as he was talking, and after she spoke, she said, oh, wow, okay, good, good, good. And she turned to the guy who sat with her and said, do you have any questions for him? And the guy said, <laughs> the guy said yeah, yeah, you've not finished answering that question. Tell us about yourself. And I said, uh, okay, so after FGC Kaduna, I went to UI, I studied geography. He said, you studied what? I said, I, I studied geography too, from University of Ibadan too. And they said, mm, you know what? Don't worry, eh? You, you would recommend you to demand. <laughs> that was, I got a job. That was the end of the interview. That was the end of the interview. Now, somebody else would have gone to study GMAT. Five ways to sit down in an interview. 17 steps to smile. And as they are smiling, they are getting angry. <laughs> but that is what the leading of the spirit can do. I'm trying to help you understand that. It is not in the very complex things. It can be even in the very simple things of life. Many years ago, I grew up in Kaduna. And I remember on two occasions, I was supposed to go out. And as I dressed up and as I was going to the door, 
I just felt that prompting to sit down and relax for a bit for about 30 more minutes. And you know, in those days, there was no GSM phone, so I couldn't even call the person I was going to see. I said, well, well, I had learned, so I sat down. Because sometimes, it's not even because something bad is about to happen, but there might just be someone you're supposed to meet that you need to be delayed five minutes to meet that person, and you miss the person because you are so much in a hurry. The spirit of Lagos. <laughs> and you know what happened? As I sat down, when I got up to start to move, I got to the gate of the estate where I was staying, and I just saw people running into the compound. I said, what happened? I said, they are fighting. They are fighting. A riot had broken out. Twice. It had happened like the same way. Twice. And where did the riot break out? The exact place I was going. And you know, Kaduna is not Lagos. So if you are supposed to be somewhere in 25 minutes, if you live, in, you'll be there in 25 minutes. There is no traffic. There is no spirit of traffic at work. You will get there. <laughs> so I was supposed to be at that exact place where the riot had broken out. Twice. You know, when the Bible says, he that keepeth Israel does not sleep or slumber, sometimes he does it by leading you. You know, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. What shall happen next? The reason why a lot of people are in want is because they've not allowed the Lord to be their shepherd. It's their Lord. You know, a shepherd, a shepherd guides, he leads the sheep, the sheep obeys, hears the voice of the shepherd and follows. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Very quickly. How do I hear God? How do I hear God? I would answer that question by telling you three things you should do. Because to that will position you in a better place to hear him and to act on what he says. Why I'm doing that is because the truth is, you are God's child. If you are here this morning and you are born again, you are God's child. It is not a big deal for your father to be talking to you. I mean, we have parents, right? Of course, none of us appeared on the face of the earth, aside from Adam. So, we have parents. And we hear the voice of our parents. Our parents talk to us. So, we are God's child, all right? Or we're God's children, as the case may be. And we hear him. So, the way our parents talk to us and we talk to our parents, that's the same way we relate with God. So, but there are certain things that help us to hear him better, especially because of all the distractions around. Life is crashed and jammed with a lot of distractions. Number one is to ask him for direction in prayers. Ask God for direction. Ask him for direction. You know, there are times that you're at work, or maybe in your business, or, I mean, you're at work, and a client comes and gives you this very serious thing to do, or your boss tells you to do this very interesting assignment. The first response of a lot of people is, ah, I don't know what to do. Ah, I've never done it before. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, you have the Holy Spirit on your inside. Oh. You know, the Bible calls God in Titus, all right? Is it Titus? Jude, right? Jude. Jude, 
I think the 25th verse, he calls him the only wise God. The song the choir sang some few minutes ago, they said, you are my God, you are the only wise God. That means that God knows the past, the present, and the future. He sees it very clearly. You cannot be stranded depending on God. I mean, we're not talking about somebody who is guessing. He knows. All right? So, we have God on our inside. And there is no assignment that can be brought before you that will be so complex that God himself will say, Ah, I cannot answer it. No, it's not possible. So what should you do? Leverage that relationship. Ask him. Oh, people of God, this has happened lots of times. Lots of times. So, I mean, in my place of work, aside from what I do in church and what I do in ministry, I'm also, I also work as a consultant. And lots of times a client comes and they are describing and they want you to solve a particular kind of problem. And as I'm looking at the client, I'm on my inside, I'm saying, Spirit of the living God, how do we solve this? I'm asking. And it has never failed me. It always comes. Always comes. And it's amazing how when you prefer the solution, sometimes the client looks at and says, ah, how didn't we think about it that way? I said, you could not have. You don't understand. <laughs> we, we are walking by the Spirit. I mean, W-O-R-K-I-N-G. Walking by the Spirit. There are some marketing plans that no school, no business school, even Harvard, none of them can develop and give you. Do you understand? Look at Daniel. I've told you about Joseph. Look at Daniel. Daniel met Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel to give him, tell him the dream and the interpretation of the dream. And what did Daniel do? Daniel said, don't worry, let's go and ask, because we serve God that knows everything. And he went, and he spoke to God. <laughs> and God told him the dream. And then God told him the answer. And Daniel came and he told the king the dream and the answer. Let's bring it to contemporary times. Are there challenges you are faced with? Are there challenges people are faced with? Are there questions people are asking? Those questions, they look so complex. The truth is that the God that we serve, the God who is our father, can tell us the dream and the interpretation of the dream. And trust me, folks, kings are still dreaming. Kings are still dreaming. As a matter of fact, this is one of the strategies for the elevation of the church. So all of you are doing the same work. All of you have the same degree. All of you have gone to the same school. Your own advantage is that you have the Holy Spirit on your inside. So the result you can produce, they cannot produce it. No matter the kind of study they do. Now that is the kind of God we serve. Never failed an exam once. Never failed an exam. Why? Because God began to show me what I just told you. He said, Joshua, even if you walk into an examination hall and the lecturer or teacher places a plain sheet of paper before you and says, see, students, I wanted to set four questions. I've forgotten the four questions. But you know what your exam is? Tell me the four questions I wanted to set and answer the four questions. God said, because of my spirit that is in you, you can tell the teacher the question and tell him the answer. So what do you do? Leverage this relationship. Ask him. Learn to ask God. 
You see, so when they say, when we talk about things like pray every morning, you know, sometimes people just think it's a religious activity. The truth is, part of praying every morning is, Lord, thank you for my day. I'm directed today. And you see that you stand up and you're going out, and this is where you usually take. Say, you know what? I want to take the other route. Say, oh, why are you taking this route? I don't know. I, I just feel that. And you take the other route. You never know what God has saved you from. You're absolutely not aware. Some people, they've experienced a lot of mishap in their lives simply because they ignore these very little things. Number two, by interacting with the word of God. This is why it's extremely important to interact with God's word. You see, words are thoughts clothed in vocabulary. That's what words are. I'm speaking to you now. I'm thinking about what I'm saying, then I'm saying it. So, when we interact with the word of God, we are interacting with the thoughts of God. And you see, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs 13, 20, that he that walketh with the wise, what shall happen to him? Shall be wise. If you walk with the wise, you will be wise. The same way if you walk with a foolish person, your foolishness is guaranteed. <laughs> he that walketh with the wise, you will be wise. You know, the way some of us read our Bible, you know, I remember this <laughs> story I heard. This guy, you know, you carry your Bible as though you are doing Ifa. You know, this is the Bible. Say, Lord, anywhere you want me to read today, show me. <laughs> I heard about a guy who did that. The place his eyes fell on was, <laughs> and Judas killed himself. He said, ah, no, no, no not, not today. <laughs> this is not my portion. <laughs> and he closed it. <laughs> and he said, Lord, so anywhere again you want me to open again, Lord, the Ajit, Voila. And the next place his eyes fell was go and do likewise. <laughs> ah, no, no. God. <laughs> the truth is, <laughs> every part of the Bible is anointed. You don't need to <laughs> just open it, and as you begin to read, the author of the Bible, which is the Holy Spirit, will begin to explain it to you. And from something that, in quotes, does not relate to what you want, the answer you want, you will see the answer there. I heard of someone who got out, and what the preacher said was, the thief cometh not to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But what the person heard was, the thief cometh not. He stayed with him. He said, ah, the thief cometh not. That night, they came to rob their flat. When they got to his own house, and his wife was saying, hey, what are we going to do? He said, ah, no. That scripture is, the thief cometh not. They skipped his house and robbed every other person. The thief cometh not. <laughs> As we interact with the word of God, we begin to think like God. And in conclusion, we need to listen to the voice of the Spirit. We need to listen to the voice of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always willing to speak to us. And listen, uh, when I say listen to the voice of the Spirit, it does not have to be a voice. As a matter of fact, a lot of times it will just be an impression, a perception. Because how did you get saved? Read the Bible, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, which is the most powerful experience on the face of the earth. The Bible says the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are what? That is how God makes you aware that you are saved. 
through what we call inward witness or a perception on your inside, a knowing on your inside. Brothers and sisters, when we pray, we should trust God and expect him to lead us. We shouldn't trivialize those promptings on our inside. Amen. Especially when the promptings on our inside, they seem diametrically opposed to what we would have normally done. A lot of times it is God trying to get our attention and God trying to speak to us. Amen. I want you to say on your seat, I am led by the Spirit of God. I cannot be confused in life. I know what to do at every point in time. I'm spiritually minded, so I experience life and peace. I'm spiritually minded, so I experience success in every way and all the time. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I hear God, so I function wisely in every affair of my life. Can you jump up on your feet this morning? Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m., while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.